This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. point of the program is you get to bring up whatever's on your mind. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. So much to discuss tonight. Mark, let's start with one of your stories. Corporal punishment or suds smuggling? Suds smuggling seems like it has more sizzle right now, but I'd really like to get that corporal punishment story. All right. (laughs) So uh, Spokane, Washington from uh, Yahoo News here uh, via the Associated Press. Um, Nicholas uh, Geranios reporting, The quest for squeaky clean dishes has turned some law-abiding people in Spokane into dish detergent smugglers. They're bringing Cascade and Electrosol in from out of state because the eco-friendly varieties required under Washington state law don't work as well. Spokane County became the launch pad last (laughs) July for the uh, nation's strictest ban on dishwasher detergent made with Phosphates. Wow, this went. Th- this came through, and I didn't even hear anything about it. Nick, did you guys catch wind of this over at Free Minds TV? Uh, we actually reported on it on Free Minds Radio on oh, Sunday. Not, okay, but just now you just found out. It did, you, we nobody knew about this back when it actually happened, right? Well, no, this is the first did. I'd heard of it. I, I, stories take a while to percolate up and out to the media. So right, they banned in. Was it just the city of Spokane, or was it the whole state of Washington? You said uh, Spokane I, County. As I recall, as I recall from the article, I. I think it was the whole state of Washington, but I'm not positive. Well, I think that what they're saying here is that they're smuggling it in from out of state, but um, the residents of Spokane, uh, Spokane County became the launch pad last July for the nation's strictest ban on dishwasher detergent made um, with phosphates. It's a measure aimed at reducing water pollution. The ban, (laughs) now by the way, phosphates... I lived in Florida, and there's lots of phosphate there. It's in the it's ground. underground. Yeah. So yeah. when the rainwater washes through it, I don't know whether it gets to the aquifer, or runs down streams, or however it, it gets to the rest of the water. All the water having been here on the planet for four billion years now. It's run through a lot of phosphate over that Run time. through a whole bunch of phosphate. So... You know, I I don't know. I I always get confused on these things. Sounds to me like this is a protectionist measure to to grant these greeny companies that are manufacturing the organic dish detergent or whatever it is, uh, and basically to guarantee them business. Uh, because they can't compete apparently against the electrosols of the world because they can't they don't use the same chemicals and therefore what you're saying is it's just not as good stuff. Yeah. So people over the the state the the county rather in this case attempted to force people to use the green stuff and now they're just smuggling it in like a good black market should. Let's see, um, let's see. The ban can be expanded. Uh, will, the ban will be expanded statewide in July 2010. The same time, similar laws take effect in several other states. It's not easy to get sparkling dishes when you go green. Many people are shocked to find that products like seventh generation. Ecover and Trader Joe's left their dishes encrusted with food, smeared with Ew. grease, and too gross to use without rewashing them by hand. Now, what's in dish, uh, you know, dishwashing detish, uh, detergent they use by hand? I mean, this, surely there's something bad for the environment in that crap, too. But yeah. people need clean dishes. Otherwise, they get diseases and die. Isn't the purpose of a dishwasher to take all the hand-washing work out of doing dishes? And well, here you now go, you're, you're running a load. you're twice as much detergent in the, in the water because you have to wash it twice. Right. Well, you're running a load. It's not coming through, so you then have to hand-wash it because it didn't work out the first time. What a hassle. The culprit was hard water, which is mineral-rich and resistant to soap. So now, of course, to uh, fit to all the regulations, each one of us will have to get a water softener, which will probably set us back $1,500 a piece. 
As a result, there's been quite a rush of uh, Spokane area shoppers heading east on Interstate 90 to Idaho in search of old school suds. Real estate <laughs> agent Patty, can you imagine getting in the car? Come on, let's go to Idaho. We gotta yeah. get some dishwashing detergent. Buy, buy a, buy a case. We, we I don't want to come back. Well, I mean, will Amazon sell it to you in that county, or will they not sell it? Who knows? I wonder how many people have even tried that. Real estate agent Patty Marcotti of uh, Spokane stocks up on detergent at Costco and uh, some French word, Cordelaine. Cordelaine? Uh, yeah, that's the one. Idaho and doesn't care. Uh, who knows it? Yes, I'm a smuggler. I'm taking my chances because dirty <laughs> dishes I can't live with. In truth, the ban applies to the sale of phosphate detergent, not, not its the possession. Or possession I see. As Marcotti is not in any legal trouble. Marcotti said she uh, tried every green brand and uh, her dishwater and found none would remove grease and pieces of food. Everybody she knows buys dishwasher detergent in Idaho, she said. Supporters yep. of the ban acknowledge it's not very popular. Well, I'm not, I'm not I'm hearing a lot of positive feedback and seeing Shannon Brattlebow of the uh, Washington Lake Protection Association. Her last name's Brattleboro? Brattlebow. Brattlebow. Yeah. Um, it, she's a prime mover in the band. I, th- I think people are driving to Idaho. Steve Marcy. Well, they need to crack down. They need to take the next step. We need to have some drug interdi- I mean, some electrosol interdiction teams that are going to be watching the border. They're going to be keeping an eye on things to make sure that people aren't going over to the Walmart in, in Idaho and coming back oh, with a can of electrosol. At this point, it's not That's illegal. That's what I'm saying. They need to make it illegal. They need to crack down. We need a task force. We need to put a stop to this. So it's going to be a war on detergent. Costco is seeing their uh, sales of dishwasher detergent increase by uh, double digits. I joke with <laughs> them and ask if they're from uh, Spokane, um, the manager says. They say, oh, yeah. Shoppers can still buy phosphate nice. detergents in Washington State by venturing outside of Spokane County, but Idaho is more convenient to many Spokane residents. I see. Phosphate, the main cleaning agent in many detergents and household cleaners, break down grease and remove stains. However, the chemicals are difficult to remove in wastewater treatment plants and often wind up in rivers and lakes. <laughs> they promote the growth of algae, and algae gobble up oxygen in the water that fish need to survive. While traditional Some fish eat algae. Yeah, right. While traditional detergents are up to 9% phosphate, those sold in Spokane County can contain no more than 0.5%. What a bunch of crap. You know, at the very least, they could have, they could have said, well, you know, um, there's just too much phosphates here. We'll take the ones that take 4.5%. No, they cut it all the way down to 0.5. Wow. Right, I mean, like if you're if if that's the concern, maybe we could have taken some other steps. I don't know anything about this algae. I'm not the scientist, the biologist, uh, you know, looking into this kind of thing. But, um, you know, if you are going to use force, which is what they're attempting to do, and they're failing because yeah. the marketplace wants what it wants. Well, it no, wants Mark, they need dishes. they just need more force. That'll solve this problem. Yeah. Well, if if they just crack down hard enough and really send a message to these criminals that are crossing the border to Idaho going to get electrosol. Bring a few of them up on charges and hit them with 10-year sentences, and we'll see how many of them keep going to get that stuff. I'm being facetious. Well, you, what you might see people call for who are proponents of these kinds of bans is a federal ban, because mm. then you can't just drive across the border to Idaho. You'd have to smuggle it in from, from Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, or Canada. Lots of people live on the borders. They'd be willing to do it. Sure, including the Border Patrol. <laughs> well, if it, became, if it became a big enough deal, they would, yeah. 
All right. Bring um, in 30 pounds of uh, 300 pounds of marijuana and uh, 3,000 electrosol tablets. So the Lake Washington um, Washington Lake Protection Association. Buy a bag of dope, get a free uh, dishwash. <laughs> has uh, launched a campaign. Has launched a campaign to encourage people to give the environmentally friendly brands a fair chance. Like what? <laughs> We've tried. How many fair chances? The lady said a load of wash. She said she tried every single brand. Right. That's not a fair enough. The group suggests consumers experiment with different brands. She did. Or install water softeners. There you go. Hey, 1500 bucks. Yep, at least. I, I was bringing the price down yeah. because of the amount of people that would have to buy them at once. Uh, I've seen water softeners for, for more. My gosh. Right, so they're providing crap-ass uh, water to these people. The, 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 it's the city that's providing the bad water, right? L- listen, to so, the, uh, listen to this jackball Jacob McCann here uh, of the uh, association, the uh, Lake, uh, Washington Lake Protection Association. says, clean lakes and clean dishes do not have to be mutually exclusive. Apparently they do, Jacob. This lady said she tried every brand. Right. I mean, I'd like to there's go just in, not enough phosphates to clean the, the dishes. I'd like to go inside the homes of these advocates and see what they're using to clean their dishes. They're probably doing them by hand, which uses more water. So I've heard. Yep. Toll free. And number. it doesn't get them as um, as as clean in the same way because the people that are really nervous about clean dishes and stuff like that doesn't bother me. I you know do I do my dishes by hand even though I have a dishwasher. Um, but the people that are really nervous about these kind of things like to see them done in dishwashers because the water gets very very hot and uh, kills all the little little baddies in there um, in that manner. So, by the way, uh, just I uh, was checking at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Of course, enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live gets a cut. If you live in Washington or in the Spokane area, go to Amazon. Order online because apparently it's just the sale that's illegal. And so the sale on Amazon is happening on the Internet in a different state. So it's probably not illegal to buy these things on Amazon. Have it delivered to your door. Yep, have them shipped straight to your door for twenty one ninety five for 100 tabs. <laughs> More on the way. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. We've got over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there, from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all completely free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients too. SACL CAI, check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. Last night I mentioned we had a story about KFC. Uh, they formerly went by the name Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I guess, do, do people still call them uh, in, in popular conversation Kentucky Fried Chicken or is that way, does that really show your age these days? I, I wouldn't know. I, I usually say KFC, but I just say KFC because it's shorter, yeah. not because they changed their branding. Because they didn't want anybody to associate them with fried chicken anymore. That's why they changed, from what I understand, is why they changed their name. But why is that? Because, because frying chi- is bad. But their chicken is fried. Right. But they didn't want it in their name anymore. Didn't they also sort of um, merge with Taco Bell? Yes. I mean, they put them in the same restaurant a lot of the time. Well, they, now, they're so. owned by, they've been owned by the same company for a long time, and so that's why you're starting to see the, the mixes. Where they'll put both 
restaurants in Seems the same Seems like a building. good idea to me. Whatever, yeah. More choices. I'm, I'm all in favor of it. Uh, but KFC has really done something innovative. And I think done something that people can look to as an example of how it is that the marketplace can solve the problems that have been created by the, the state. And, of course, one of the biggest issues, one of the most contentious issues amongst liberty-minded people is the roads, right? Some, yes. of, us, uh, some of us insist on talking about it, uh, talking about the idea of marketizing the roads, because it seems that if we're going to go down this road to freedom, that inevitably, at some point, the government is going to have to re- relinquish control over the roads, and then something's going to have to fill that gap. So what's that going to be? What's, what, are, what will the marketplace of roads actually end up looking like? And I've suggested in the past that what would be nice we could have is some sort of market-based entity that would go around and essentially do all of the road work that the government refuses to do in a timely manner. I mean, eventually they fill in the potholes when they get around to it, maybe. It's certainly not lickety-split. No. And the, the roads around, at least around here, are in just crap can conditions, and I'm sure they're not t- too much better uh, anywhere else in this country. You're a bad American. I'm a bad American for talking bad about the government roads? Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever it takes, because they're awful. And I've suggested before that how could they be worse than what we have today? How could the marketplace that clearly does a better job at anything that it does compared to the government, how could the marketplace run roads actually end up being worse than the government run roads? So KFC has stepped forward in the Chicago area to show us how it's done. According to The Consumerist at Consumerist.com, will sponsored potholes sell chicken? KFC seems to think so. They've asked the city of Chicago. Now, this is where I differ with KFC. They went and asked, which is, you know, that's what corporations do, right? They're government entities. They'd so they sue them. You know that uh, Chicago, right? Yeah. I mean, you know that the city of Chicago would sue a large corporation sure. like KFC for that money. They'd say, cha-ching. I, I know what's going on here, so you, you tell what's happening. And I'll, I'll right, yeah, I understand. They would, they're would. a corporation, so they've got to jump through the government's hoops. What I would suggest, when, when, as far as activists doing similar things, that they just go out and do it. Uh, but here's what happened. So they've asked the city of Chicago if they can fix the potholes in exchange for including a white stencil on top of them, saying that the spot was refreshed by KFC. Despite the fact that the ads would be a distraction and safety hazard, both Chicago and the state of Illinois are interested in partnering with a private company. They'd be a safety hazard? Why? Are they raised up uh, three feet so that when somebody hits them, they crash their car? No, I think the idea is you would see the text and you'd want to read it instead of actually driving on the road. Like a road sign? Yeah. That the well, government puts up? <laughs> the stencil is the same all over, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, once you'd read, once you read them, it once. Yeah, you'd be in pretty good shape. Chicago certainly has its pothole problems. The Transportation Department has filed, filled rather, more than 250,000 street craters this winter. Department spokesman Brian Steele said the city has a lot of questions about KFC's program, like what type of asphalt is used. The city also doesn't allow ads. The city doesn't want inferior asphalt to use to fill its (laughs) already existent potholes. The city also doesn't allow ads in the public way because they could create a distraction and a safety hazard. Like a pothole doesn't? But Steele people said, try to swerve around it. said the city doesn't reject the idea out of hand. Commissioner had already been looking into possible corporate sponsorship for pothole repair, and one unnamed company is a possibility. They say they're open to a variety of public-private opportunities. What's confusing to me is they actually have a picture of Colonel Sanders with one of these stencils standing over a filled pothole. But it's filled. Uh, but they, you know, look, it's, it's photoshopped. 
Oh, you think? Oh, I see. You're saying Colonel Sanders is, is died when I was a child. I I know it's not the real Colonel <laughs> Sanders. They have actors who portray Colonel Sanders oh, these days. I don't know. Yes, yes. This is not an actual picture of Colonel Sanders. Sanders. This is a actor portraying Colonel Sanders who's wearing a hard hat and he's wearing one of those traffic yellow vests, those uh, UV yellow vests that are really bright. So it looks as though he's there, but I, I suppose you're right. I suppose it could be a, a Photoshop, but it looks like a real. It looks like a real filled pothole and a real painted stencil over top of it. It looks like a real filled pothole and a real painted stencil. It does not, to me, look like a real uh, Colonel Sanders. Are you trying to suggest that this is actually Colonel Sanders? I thought I made it clear that this is Colonel Sanders. I think it's a real picture. I think it's a real picture of Colonel Sanders, and I think it's photoshopped on a real picture of a pothole. Wow, I don't think you're right about that. I I mean, we can't get into too much uh, debate on this. What difference does it make? But that's what I think. All right, so 1-800-259-9231. I hope that it actually ends up working out because what a great idea. I mean, if a private company can go around and throw a bunch of money at the potholes in the area and get a bunch of advertising spots as a result of doing so, they should be able to. I think it's, I think it's brilliant. The only downside is you've still got the government in charge of repairing the roads, and I think it's yeah. very unlikely that they're going to decrease the amount that they're spending on the road budget in light of how much KFC gives to them. So I don't think they're actually going to, you know, decrease the city budget or decrease the role the city's playing. So taxes will still be the same as before. They're not going to reduce taxes as a result of KFC stepping in. I I don't think so. I think you could make the argument that they might start using city maintenance for something else and sort of expand their purview. Mm -hmm. And actually, you know, if KFC eventually stops doing the program, pulls its sponsorship... Then you end then up with the city doing the, more. The, right, that's, a, that's uh, certainly a possibility. I, I suspect the city would just sue KFC and make them pay for all the potholes in the future, too. I think your observations are correct uh, in that taxes are likely not going to go down. The size of government this is not going to get smaller. They're not going to lay off the, the three city workers that otherwise would have been filling those potholes. However... If it can get the potholes filled, then yeah, it seems like it'd be worthwhile, right? I mean, just to have roads in that are worth run, driving on. In the short run, it would improve driving just on a, those it's roads. Just an so, idea. I, I mean, in the long run, I don't think you get very far doing public-private partnerships. I think the government will just milk that and increase taxes. I, I, yeah, look, I'd rather see the government completely relinquish control over the roads, but as long as we've got crappy roads run by the government, if... Bringing in some sort of private entity to do the job right makes the roads better and doesn't cost extra, then who could be against it? 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, though I think that people should just go and fix the roads and not beg for permission in the first place. This is Free Talk Live. Government officials like to think they know better than the rest of us. They tell us what we can buy and when we can buy it. Everything from guns and booze to cold medicine and cigarettes. Now they've gone even farther. Cities across the country are now trying to tax and ban bottled water. That's right. Simple, no alcohol, no caffeine, no calorie bottled water. They say it's wasteful and buying it is, quote, stupid. But who are they to decide? If politicians decide you shouldn't even be able to buy bottled water, what's next? Visit us at enjoybottledwater.org and sign the petition to keep the nanny state out of our water bottles. This 
This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website. For your downloaded convenience, totally free. Going back for an entire year at freetalklive.com. Free archives. Go to freetalklive.com and find the Adult Friend Finder banner. It's the world's largest adult social networking site and sex personals. Over 19 million members. Let them help you find that sexy someone to hook up with tonight. Adult Friend Finder. See their banner at freetalklive.com. By the way, a quick addition to the KFC filling the pothole stories. After digging in a little further into this, it turns out that the picture that I was t- telling you about, Mark, is actually from Louisville, which is KFC's home base, I guess, where they started. And so they do have a deal in Louisville where they are going around with an actor dressed up like Colonel Sanders for photo opportunities. And they photographed him after they'd filled a pothole. KFC paid for the potholes to be filled, and they got to uh, put their chalk stencil over the top of it. So Chalk? Yeah, it's just chalk. So it's going to wear off. Wow. Yeah. So, chalk. So it's happening. So they're really doing it. And I say more power to them. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And if it's if it seems I agree. I, I, if, if it made it, if I had made it seem like I wasn't and somehow uh, for this, I'm certainly no. You just didn't believe the picture was real, and I'm telling you the picture was real. Except it's from Louisville, not Chicago. Um, so they are actually doing it. And if it's worthwhile for Kentucky fried uh, for for Kentucky fried chicken to do this with just chalk, then it can't be that expensive to fill these potholes, can it? Because wouldn't you want to paint it if you could, so you well, keep your ad there it. through the first rain? I would definitely want to paint it, but uh, you know, I guess I guess it's it's worth the uh, the good feeling that uh, people would get. All right, so you dial in, you bring up anything. It's Steve in South Carolina. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, Ian, Nick, hey. and Mark. What's hey. on your mind, Steve? Well, I was thinking, why don't we think outside the box on this KFC thing a little bit? You know, how about when you drive over one of the potholes filled by KFC? Next thing you know, you're, you get a smell for extra crispy or original recipe. <laughs> oh, some sort Sin- of uh, scented potholes. Yeah, that, that'd be cool. I'm all in favor of smell-o-vision or smell uh, being attached to advertisements. I think it's a wonderful idea, and I wonder when it's going to actually happen. It's probably not fair to the uh, the, the vegetarians out there that they would have to um, smell uh, <laughs> you know deep-fried animal flesh in order to uh, you know drive on the road. Well, you know, they can drive around it. Yeah well, yeah, well, nobody's stopping whatever vegetarian companies there are out there from sponsoring those potholes. Yeah, that's right. I guess I could smell green beans or spinach. I don't know. As long as the road rides smooth, that's all I'm really too, uh, concerned about. What else was on your mind tonight, Steve? I was saying that, um, you know, I use dishwashing detergent. I clean my hands or my dishes by hand. And what I do is I pour bleach in my water, which really gets them nice and uh, you know, gets that... Uh, very uh, squeaky clean sound. Squeaky clean sound. Yeah. Thanks. So, are you? Uh, what do you do? Do you fill up the sink with water and then add bleach to it? I fill out with this non-phosphate detergent, so I can get bubbles, and it looks like it's, you know, doing something psychologically. And then I put bleach in there to know that it's actually going to cut and kill the bacteria and everything. Some people do that. I know that uh, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com is a bleach dishwashing individual. It, I've never really felt the need to do that. I'm not that Bleach, paranoid. I mean, it's an effective cleaning agent, and it certainly will kill the germs on there. It can be a little rough on your hands, though, I yes. know. Yes. You have to wear gloves when you do that? Yeah, they're latex gloves. Right. You can buy 
box of 100 for five bucks. I've never had a problem with just using regular detergent in a in a sponge. I mean, that's that's always well, made me feel uh, clean. I was trying to get rid of the phosphates, you know, and then just a substitute would be bleach. Well, uh, one of the first thing, uh, first and best things you can do is clean your dishes right after you use them. Um, they're it's always a easier. Heck of a lot easier to clean then than if you, if you let them sit around an hour or more. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes I clean the dishes. Sometimes my wife does, and. Uh, you know, it, it's pretty obvious when the two of us have let them go. It's like, God, what a kid. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Steve, for the ideas tonight. Anything else on your mind? No, sorry. I have a good evening. Appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the amp line on screen call. Who's this? Hey, this is Dennis in New Hampshire. Dennis, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I wanted to talk to you guys about standing armies. Sure. Okay. Because you were talking to, to, a, uh, to a warmonger the other day about standing armies and the, the issue of the Constitution came up, and you made a big mistake, guys. A big mm. mistake. Us, really? Yeah. You tried to rely on the, on the United States Constitution, and that has led us down so many times. You're, you're right about that, but... Uh, no, I wasn't relying she, on it. She was, she was talking about how great of a document it was and you know, all that other stuff, and it was pretty clear she was a Republican type, and I, I knew I could take her to task on uh, you know, just, just the fact the United States government hasn't stuck to its Constitution. Well, the New Hampshire Constitution has the following to say. What great thing about the New Hampshire Constitution, it's not just much better written, it makes things a lot clearer than the crummy federal document. All right. There's two one-liners in the New Hampshire Constitution. First one-liner, Article 24, it says, A well-regulated militia is the proper, natural, and sure defense of a state. The very next one, Article 25, Standing armies are dangerous to liberty there and ought go. not to be raised or kept out without the consent of the legislature. Well, they've got the consent of the legislature, that's for sure. In the the national level, it's that's pretty much what's basically happening, as I understand it, is the legislature just continues to reauthorize the military to be a standing military. So that's kind of their way around the two-year rule, because the Constitution does specify that an army is only to be raised for a two-year interval. I tend to just point to Switzerland as a modern-day example of a country that doesn't have a standing army. Certainly, I mean... It has compulsory service, which I'm not in favor of, but it's not a standing army, and it's arguably, for its population, one of the best-armed countries in the world. Well, I think it, it really clears things up, just having those two, one right after the other. It's clear. The militia is not the army. The army is not the militia. One is real important. The other one's real bad. Well, I agree with you that uh, that can be used well uh, within the boundaries or near the boundaries of uh, the state of New Hampshire. However, when you're talking to a, a warmongering uh, a Christian uh, moron like we had on um, <laughs> you know, Saturday night, and I'm not saying Christians are morons. I'm saying this Christian was a moron. She and could have just been ignorant. Whatever. Okay. Hey, that, that was she wasn't listening. Right to learn about we were, liberty, right? We were giving her the information, Ian. She wasn't listening. Cognitive she was dissonance is no very powerful. No longer ignorant. She was informed, therefore, she's a moron. But if she's not listening, she's not informed. Uh, but if, look, man, I, what do I got to deliver? To, I've got to deliver the message to you ten different ways? No. I gave her the information. She had the information. She was not ignorant. Therefore, she's a moron. All right. Um, so, Whatever. <laughs> sorry to say, um, this, this gal isn't going to listen. What she care about the New Hampshire Constitution? As far as she's concerned, it's one of those liberal northern states. God hates them anyway. Dennis? Yeah, God... <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. 1-800-259-9231. So how about the General Motors situation, guys? Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it last night, but it was pretty big news yesterday. And this isn't a news show, but from time to time, the news is just so outrageous it needs to be brought up. 
Uh, in case you haven't heard, it looks like General Motors is back looking for more money from the federal government. They had already gotten billions of dollars, and apparently that wasn't enough. Now they're back, uh, back at the federal trough, and they're looking not only for more money, but of course the federal government in return is looking for more control over General Motors uh, as a result of them handing out your money to them. Uh, they already have significant amount of control over the company. Uh, they just recently asked the head of the company to resign and replaced him with one of their people. There's apparently the federal a, government basically, you know, told right. them told him to resign. Yeah, yeah. They asked him to resign, and he knew better than to say no. Right. And so, according to the story over at the Wall Street Journal, uh, they have this task force. And this is President Barack Obama's task force. And it was this task force that asked the the head to resign. And according to the article, it's this task force that is in the process of uh, changing out the board members of GM as well. So not only are they having the head of the company resign, they're also putting their own people onto the board. <laughs> do you ha- does the government have to directly put bureaucrats in charge of a company for it to be nationalization? No. I mean, they're, essentially what they're doing is firing the heads of the company and then just replacing them with their own cronies. Right, That's and then, what they're doing. And, and then directing the, uh, you know, the direction of the company. They said they're going to have more green vehicles. But don't worry if you've got a GM car or Chrysler car because the U.S. government is getting behind your warranty. Oh, boy. Did you hear about that part? More coming yeah, that's up. that's the worst part. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. So if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do so by becoming an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board and helping expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So if you want to get behind us, head over to amp.freetalklive.com. We'll give you some perks in return, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. Just a few more uh, bits of information from the story of the Wall Street Journal, which is really detailed as to, as far as the business perspective, of what's going to happen with General Motors and Chrysler, who, of course, are both... Now coming back to the federal government and begging for more taxpayer dollars, they're talking about splitting up GM into two companies. One of them will be the good GM, which will hold various different parts of GM, and then the other one will be the bad GM or the old GM, which will hold sort of the uh, the brands that are failing and the, the, the debt load, I guess, that the company has. No, no need to get into the real details there, but basically what they're saying is that the government has not been satisfied Uh, They've not been satisfied with the company's viability plan, feeling it didn't move fast enough or cut deeply enough into the company's debt. They were told it didn't leave enough money in the company's pockets to get it through a full business cycle either. So the government is basically saying, well, we are demanding this and this from you in order to give you all of this taxpayer money. And I guess what they've been coming up with hasn't been acceptable enough to them. President Obama, who is uh, the overseer here, said, We cannot, we must not, and we will not let our auto industry simply vanish. See, this is the part that uh, really irks me. 
what if I, um, you know, a good American, work at uh, the BMW plant in Greenville, South Carolina, or the uh, the Honda plant in where, where is Tennessee or wherever it is, and uh, there's all these auto manufacturers that may not have American-sounding names like Ford, mm-hmm. Chevy, Buick, or whatever, uh, but they're... I mean, these automakers are building cars in the United States of America. They're American automakers. These are, you know, these companies, although they may be headquartered in some other um, country, Mm -hmm. the vast majority of the money that goes is it's an international expenditure. The the steels uh, mined in the United States are Canada. The parts are made in Canada or Mexico. The uh, cars are uh, assembled here in the United States. I mean, sure, a certain amount goes back to wherever the uh, headquarters are, but the, the line and share the money spread out, you know, on this continent. And Americans are also owners of so-called foreign auto companies. I mean, you can That's go true. buy stock in Toyota just because GM ha- is, you know, it's General Motors. It's a supposedly American company. Doesn't mean that foreigners right. don't own the shares of it, or so, that Americans don't own shares in its competitors. Right. Absolutely true. I mean, so these, it's just it, it's these word games. It's a bunch of crap. And what if you work at Ford? Another supposedly American company that's not taking government money right now. To their now. credit, they didn't. They turned it but, down. But they're they're a better run company because they're they aren't they weren't facing bankruptcy on their own without government help. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but what good does it do them to have run their company? Oh, here's a pat on the back, and we're going to give all these billions to your competitor. Right now, their major competitors are being propped up by the government. So the Dodge right. trucks and the GM trucks, which uh, GMC trucks, which uh, should have been off the market, the Chevy trucks too, should have been off the market because you know the companies failed. If we if we're to believe that the, our taxes went to save companies that were dying rather than uh, you know uh, you know just wanted the money. I don't know what the the circumstances are, but the only way we would know is to have left left well enough alone. And it's you know it's it's disgusting. This is a union. This is a move to support the unions and nothing else. What we're asking is difficult," said Obama. "It will require hard choices by companies. It will require unions and workers who've already made painful concessions to make even more." It will require creditors to recognize that they cannot hold out for the prospect of endless government bailouts. So at some point they're going to stop handing over money, I guess, is is what he's hinting at there. But will that be after they've taken it over completely? Because then there's no more need to bail out. It's It's not a private company anymore. Once the government has pretty much total ownership, then it won't be a bailout. It'll just become a government program. And that seems to be the direction this is going in, right? I mean, from all indicators, you've got them kicking out the CEO, uh, chief executive, or the chief executive officer, and replacing him with one of their guys, replacing members of the board with their with their people, with the task force's people. Where do you think this is going to leave? I know that they're saying one thing. They're saying that, well, we're just coming in with this influx of cash, another influx of cash, by the way, because they've already uh, given billions of uh, dollars to them back in in December. So we're just coming in with this uh, influx of cash here, another one, and if, they does, if it doesn't work out this time, then we're going to let them fail. And, okay, are they then going to just snatch them up and control them themselves? I mean, they're talking about backing up the warranties here. I think aren't they already backing the warranties? I thought I heard that on the radio today. They're backing the warranties, yeah. Yep, they are stepping in and they're backing the warranties and what they're saying is that oh, uh, let's see. Where does it say that? Well, anyway, what basically what they're saying is we're going to back these warranties until they get everything straight, until everything gets worked out and then we're going to just hand it back over to the companies. Yeah, fat chance. My guess is the government would be more likely to take over the assets that are left to GM and sell them off to other foreign 
automakers or other domestic automakers and pocket the money to supposedly, you know, compensate for the amount of money that they dumped in. It'll be a fraction, though. I mean, if that happens, it'll be a fraction of what they dumped in. I just it's unbelievable to me that this is going on in the United States, whereas last week I read an article from Sweden where the prime minister in Sweden was saying that they weren't going to bail out Saab because the Swedish state didn't want to own car companies. Wow. Well, apparently things are a little different here in the supposedly non-socialist country right. of America. We have a different brand of socialism that we, we do here in the United States. To, here's the actual quote from the story. To assure consumers reluctant to buy GM or Chrysler cars, the government plans to take the unusual step of guaranteeing all warranties on new cars from either company. The guarantees would lapse back to the companies once they return to health. So lots of all kind, lots of promises about what they're going to do once the companies they're just going to get back up on their feet. We're going to give them an influx of cash. They're going to get back on their feet, and we're going to hand the operations completely back over to them. Just going to step away, no problem. Well, at this point, they're crippling the company too. What um, do you mean? They're, well, they're they're telling them that they have to. They're going to take on a new generation of green cars or oh, something like that. So they're okay. they're changing the direction. So. You know, I don't know whether I don't know how this green car thing's going to go, but I can at at this moment in time, it's not the thing for me. Dennis Goddard of uh, the NHLA loves his Honda Insight and yeah. thinks it's the greatest thing ever. You know, I'm I'm thinking I like uh, you know other the gasoline burning cars here still for a little while. Um, I, I think that there's some great things coming out in the battery powered cars, but you know, there there are people out there like me and. I'm not that interested in one of these high-priced battery-powered cars. <laughs> the the intention might be to keep the company hamstrung enough so that the government can run it. The government doesn't tend to want to hand things back over to the private marketplace once it's sure. gotten its fingers in it. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are people pushing an, an agenda that the government just take over GM and stay in charge of it, and it can be the semi-state-run automaker for the United States. Like the, I mean, it's not direct government control in the same way that the Soviets had a special bureau to basically make cars, but it's pretty darn close. I mean, now you've got a task force, which is there to run the board of directors for close General Motors. For me. And who knows where that will go? I mean, who knows what, the, if they decide they want to actually run a company as a state-run automotive dealer, how that's going to end up working out is just, it's hard to even imagine because they'll have real market competition. And, of course, they can pass regulations to regulate the other competition out of business if they want to, I suppose. But in the meantime, they'll still have real competition, which means that nobody's going to want to buy the crappy government vehicles. So are they going to just take, uh, are they going to make government vehicles and give them out to government welfare recipients? I mean, what what is their... They're going to buy them, which is going to cost the uh, public more because the government's now making the cars that it buys itself. Oh, so uh, the government's own... It'll be essentially it'll become well, the government fleet, basically. Well, it could, or the government, if the government continues to run GM, they're injecting all this cash right now. Essentially, they have the printing press, so they can run the business at a loss. Right. They could sell each individual. I mean, if you make a crappy car and price it cheaply enough, people will buy it. Sure, they will. So that could be a strategy in and of itself. I mean, you you can just dump as much money into GM as you want. The government's not going to go bankrupt because it can right. print its own money. So they could run it indefinitely at a loss. And they have an incentive from a public relations perspective to continue running the company. I mean, you'd suggested that what they might do is essentially sell off 
what remains after the companies fail. That, but but then they would get the bad PR of, oh, you're putting all those people out of, out of jobs. Those people need jobs. This is America. We need to have the automotive sector, and we need to do what it takes to keep these people with jobs. So they may just continue running the companies so they can say, see, the government is helping to, uh, keep these people employed. When it's just crazy. It's I mean, crazy. what's happening is... It's amazing that this is going on in America, and everybody's just looking at it, and, well, yeah, government buying a car company. Well, a lot of people are angry about it, I can say But they're going to keep paying taxes. That's true. Come, it's coming. April 15th's coming up, and they're all going to pay. More on the way. Hour 2's coming up. You take control. Bring up what you want. Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code, 600, to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. As we launch here into the second hour of the program, just came across some news that is, well, expected, but it's not good We've all pretty much been waiting for this to happen because it's been coming down the pike for a little while now. And the story is from PenLive.com, where the U.S. Senate uh, sent back to the House an amended bill to expand and improve opportunities for service. Legislation modeled on President Obama's campaign promise to establish universal voluntary citizen service. And according to the news today, it has passed. So the Senate has passed this uh, bill, the Serve America Act, and now the House of Representatives has also passed the same piece of legislation, meaning it's going on to Obama for his signature, which of course will happen. So this, um, it, what's the what's the form of uh, of it finally? How did it, we, we speculated all along as to how this thing was going to look? Um, how does it look? The, this- the Serve America Act, it's uh, according to the story at PennLive.com, will produce an explosion in the number of service programs. Unfortunately, the goal of this legislation is profoundly un-American, to instill an ethic of servitude toward the state in every citizen. That's the idea here. Now, when you look at the founding documents of the country and you, you look at what government was allegedly created to do, government, according to their own documents, government is supposed to exist in order to protect your right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? 
Yes. Isn't that the purpose of the government? It's supposed to be serving you. That was the idea, at least. You were to pay taxes, and in return, they were to provide you with various different governmental services. The government was supposed to be your servant. Right, as opposed to the people being ruled by the government and working for them or doing whatever the government instructs them to do. As opposed to you being their servant. But right. that's exactly what's happened. Is It is completely, the whole concept has been turned on its head. Now, we are the servants of the state. Instead of the state being the servants well, of the people. Well, does that mean that high school students will be required to uh, do a certain amount of service to get their high school, you know, their government high school diploma? Is that what uh, the the form of this? I mean, how are you how are you making that uh, it, statement? It I mean, sounds like that's service? what's coming. Here's what she says: uh, How could expanding community service programs have such a radical effect in the land of liberty? To understand this, one must see how the plan aims to smuggle in compulsory service. Under these proposed initiatives, service begins in youth. By providing grants to public and private schools that offer service learning programs, the Act creates financial incentives for elementary and secondary schools to expand service-related projects, thus making the school or the state the bad cop in enforcing compliance. In college, the press for service continues. Students will be urged to perform substantial community service in exchange for educational grants. Furthermore, financial incentives for the colleges or universities will tie federal funds to campus-wide service initiatives, providing an additional indirect attack on the college-going population. So it's it's sounding to me like essentially the feds are going to uh, be giving handing out taxpayer dollars, and in return, the schools will have service learning programs that they'll be encouraged kids to get involved in now what what does that mean for for each individual school will there be mandatory requirements i don't know if that's been made clear at this point perhaps that hasn't all been laid out yet i don't i don't know either but uh you know i i can say that i this could be a much uglier bill than a bill that uh, gives public schools money to have classes where kids um, have the opportunity to go and volunteer for volunteer organizations I mean, that's that's not the ugliest this could be. It could be, well, look, you're going to work for the government for two years or you're not going to get any money for college. That would be a much uglier bill, in my opinion. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not for government school at all, but um, I am for volunteering in your community. I think that schools should teach people not just from an academic standpoint, but all kinds of different standpoints. I think that uh, currently schools uh, lack in that area. So if schools decide that they wanted to have some kind of volunteering, uh, you know, thing, whether it's through the government or or not, eh, you know, I mean, volunteer organizations not so bad. Well, that's not being made clear in this story. It's not saying when they say service. It's not saying that they mean government programs or actual volunteer. Volunteer opportunities. Well, to me, that's the clincher, right? Like, if if they're differentiating, uh, for one, I don't think that uh, working for the government uh, or even volunteering for the government is the same or similar to volunteering for -for not-for-profits. Uh, maybe volunteering for the government is the same is similar to uh, volunteering for not for profits, but nah, not exactly, not really. Um, but working for the government is not the same as volunteering for for not for profits. Getting a paycheck from the government is not the same as work doing you know things for free out of goodness of your heart. And I've been seeing a lot of conflation of that in these uh, in these bills, and I'm not I'm not hearing that now. 
Yeah, I, it's hard to say exactly what they mean when they say service because we know they've been conf- conflating uh, them together. We know that they've been acting as though working for the state in one of their service programs like AmeriCorps is there's what they're trying to suggest is that it's equivalent to or better than actually working for some as a volunteer for some volunteer organization. Has the Give Act passed? Like, is that dead now, or that I guess could pass, it's dead. But couldn't that pass in addition to this? Probably. Because my understanding was that the Give Act, which as I understood, was the Senate version of the, the bill. Give Act was the House version, I believe. Oh, okay. I don't know if it got Senate approval or not. But if that passed, I remember reading language from the bill that said that it would be mandatory for schools to provide it. But again, that that essentially sounds like what this they're saying here so not necessarily mandatory on the student for graduation that'd probably be up to the individual school you get choices in high school as to what courses you want to take and some of them are core requirements that you have to take however this said that it was for middle schools and primary schools also is that so that is correct okay so you don't really get a lot of choices in uh, primary you get few choices if any in primary school and uh you know more but not nearly as many as in high school uh, in middle school as you do in high school so it could very well be that uh, you're still talking about kids having to do these uh uh, you know these volunteer programs. I'm not entirely against uh, public schools choosing to make kids uh, volunteer at volunteer organizations. Um, you know, I, I'm against public school. To me, you've already got some muddy water there, and you know, a little additional mud doesn't really make me too ner- too nervous. I am being told this is the Give Act, so I'm I'm getting conflicting messages here. I'm not sure which one is which. It's being called the Serve America Act. In the news, uh, Bile from blogofbile.com saying this is actually the Give Act. Maybe they're both one and the same. Maybe they've been combined together or something like that. Uh, I'm not sure it's to they, the details. They, I think they do rename bills when they have a compromise version, mm-hmm. when they have a House version and a Senate version. I'm not sure of the process with that, but I think there's a, a horse trading process that goes on where they essentially take elements from each. And I'm being told that it's both. It you're is assuming both of that uh, both of the yeah, You're assuming that the government does anything in an orderly and uniform fashion, and it does not. Um, so it, it, <laughs> it may very well have been at times right. that they uh, you know change the names and not and just yeah. No. And, Mark, you're assuming that this is going to be a nice little program that's just going to encourage kids to do volunteering at their schools. I'm assuming that the words of the, you know, that the words in the article are so, and that that's, do I think the government programs expand, Ian? I absolutely do. But we know that in the Give Act, the, they, there was also wording that said they would form a committee that was going to take a look at how to institute a national service, a mandatory national service program. So, I mean, the, the, do you it, think that, uh, that we could have stopped the committee even by stopping this act? I don't think this act could have been stopped. Well, I'm just saying the committee is the least of our problems when they pass laws. Well, what that's saying to you, Mark, is that this is the this this piece of legislation is laying the ground floor foundation for whatever it is that this committee is going to come up with as far as what are the additional requirements they're going to tack on later on. If I recall correctly, I, I believe it was the Give Act had provisions in there that limited your ability to participate in political activities or yes. demonstrations or anything like that. If you're serving for the government. Right. So if you go into this expanded AmeriCorps program or you're serving... I don't know. What, they're giving money to a lot of different government programs. If you're serving in any of them, your, your, your li- liberties and civil rights are going to be severely curtailed. 
So, I mean, that still stands as a pretty nasty part of the bill, in my opinion. That's all true. 800-259-9231. So, it doesn't sound horrific on its face, but it's, again, laying the foundation for what is going to be, in Obama's words, a, a national service organization that is bigger and as powerful as the Army. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com is the place to go uh, to get all those, including live streams. got a broadband version, dial-up version, and even a webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen. .freetalklive.com. The world's largest machine gun shooting military gun show is April the 3rd, 4th, and 5th at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. It opens at 9 a.m. It's $10 per person. It's K-N-O-B Creek Range.com. That's Knob Creek Range.com. I hear the finale um, is that they fill a whole bunch of uh, barrels full of diesel fuel and then shoot them with incendiary rounds. Good times. All right, 800-259-9231. Continuing here a little bit more on this national service legislation that has been passed. Uh, Both the Senate and the House have passed this. It's on its way to uh, Obama for a signature. And as PennLive.com is reporting, the service initiatives will begin taking place in the uh, public schools, in the government schools, which is what we expected to happen, they are talking about uh, having the federal government create what they call financial incentives for government schools to, and actually they're going to approach private schools on this as well, uh, to elementary and secondary schools to expand service-related projects. They're also going to start doing the similar things at, in colleges, and they'll be encouraging young people to get involved in this. Now, what's not really detailed here is how exactly that's going to play out. Will they make it so that one cannot graduate from government school if they if they haven't participated in one of these government service programs? Will it be something where volunteer organizations are acceptable for this service requirement? Or will it be that it's a government service, so-called service program, that's the only acceptable option for these uh, for these young people? With all of this remains to be seen, and there's some sort of committee that's going to be deciding a lot of these details, from what I understand. The story continues at PennLive.com that it, it, the, the call for service then extends to adults as the plan triples the size of the AmeriCorps program, developing several new cores specifically tailored to support other items from the administration's agenda. Finally, senior citizens will be called upon to serve in the Senior Corps, also marked for expansion. National service would become pervasive and virtually unavoidable, and that's the goal. But what about those Americans who don't want to serve? Remember, this plan was launched under the guise of volunteerism, yet it will ensure compliance by linking federal benefits, or rather financial benefits, to service requirements by making certain federal funds are conditional upon the donation of your labor. Now, don't confuse this plan with benevolence toward others. Many Americans enjoy volunteering time or donating money to a worthy cause of their own choosing. One must distinguish, however, between these actions willingly taken and a law that would forcibly draft all Americans into involuntary servitude, something outlawed by the 13th Amendment. 
Still unconvinced that the ultimate goal of this legislation is mandatory service? A quote from the act itself might persuade you. The House version establishes a congressional commission tasked with several goals, one of which is to determine, quote, the effect on the nation, on those who serve, and on the families of those who serve, if all individuals in the United States were expected to perform national service or were required to perform a certain amount of national service, unquote. So again, that's what that Congressional Commission will be looking at, amongst other things. This is nothing less than the conscripted labor of American citizens. Although this plan usurps the language of Americanism, compulsory service is as un-American as it gets. It's a sad indictment of the moral state of the nation that no, uh, that the one thing both parties can agree on is that Americans no longer have the right to determine how to live the precious hours of their own lives as they see fit. Because remember, this is bipartisan legislation. Oh, yeah. Republicans crossed the aisle to vote in favor of this. And uh, she points out, despite our politicians' wishes... Well, who wishes, wouldn't want to vote for volunteerism? You know, it's mm. kind of the way it looks. Despite the politicians' wishes to the contrary, an individual's life does not belong to the state. It's not something to be dispensed with at legislative whim. We must reject this command to serve and instead assert our right to work only for causes that we freely value and choose. Under the new national service laws, America would undergo a complete reversal of fates, from a nation of rebels fighting for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness to a nation of indentured servants. Which, of course... There aren't really very many rebels fighting for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness today in America, which is probably why it has come to this point. Because most Americans just aren't willing to stand up for their rights. They're not willing. They barely even understand what uh, what their rights are. It's certainly not willing to stand up and do anything to uh, to retain the concept of rights. Most Americans just aren't interested in, in that stuff. And so in, it seems inevitable that we would get to the point where the government is deciding to just conscript everybody into their government make-work programs. That's where, we're, that's where we are today. That's not going to be real productive. What's not? Well, conscripting people into uh, government make-work programs. Well, it'll produce something for the state, and that is more obedience to the state. Uh, look, you know, the idea of looking to the state to... Uh, to Expect the government to crumble then, and, and the nation. I, I, it just can't happen soon enough, Mark. Well, I mean, I'm not voting they're for They're working it, but... toward it. That's going to happen. I mean, it, has, it happens to all governments across time, and this one's been around for an awful long time, so it's probably well overdue, but man, it just to, can't happen soon enough. To me, it seems like well, the, I, the pace that the, the nation is taking a turn downhill as far as turning towards an authoritarian state is accelerating, and that's usually a big clue that they're going to hit a wall at some point, and they're accelerating towards that wall. I don't know where it is, but it's out there. Let's go to your phone calls and see what you think. Adam is in Oklahoma. Adam, you're on Free Talk Live. Adam, you are on the air. Hi. Hey, what's on your Um, mind? I I have to take an issue with something uh, Mark. He was talking about how he thought um, service was good in schools, and I'm a I'm a senior in high school right now. I'm a couple weeks from graduating, and uh, I went to Catholic school for the first two years of my high school uh, quote unquote career, and I did lots of service. Um, That's something Catholic schools really like to promote now, and. I have to tell you, those were some of the most unsafe, um, <laughs> almost emotionally scarring uh, times school. Why is that? Um, How so? Well, I worked in the Alzheimer's clinic for about um, an hour and a half a day at um, for, for 18 weeks. Okay. And this was completely unsupervised stuff. No one knew what was going on. We had no idea what we were supposed to do. And, I, and this was in a school. I chose to go to the school, or at least my parents did. And I can only imagine what this would be like with a public school. 
Um, yeah, it's a terrible idea to have volunteers working in a dementia ward, by the way. That's well, they should, should be, be super, yeah, yeah. professionals. It's a terrible idea and to have 16-year-olds, uh, 14-year-olds, watching uh, a bunch of uh, demented people without some kind of supervision. And um, another point was that the whole entire thing was the most emotionally fake experience I'd ever had at a school, and that's hard at high school. It's really hard to beat that. But I really think the whole point of these service projects is to get people to feel in groups, to have emotions in groups. And, um, yeah, and I just couldn't handle it. I mean, it was really alienating for me at least and um, because it was just very fake. And, I mean, I, I think it's just to promote group thinking and group feeling. You know, your your opinion is valid on what uh, what you felt uh, at the time. However, I think that uh, different experiences for people is generally a good thing, and to uh, you know, it, it it gives experience. And uh, at fourteen, that's what people need. Yeah, but they don't need to have it shoved down their throats as a mandatory requirement. Who's shoving anything down their throat? Was this a mandatory requirement to graduate, caller? Yeah, for me, yeah. Well, for, there you go, Mark. Th- thanks look, for the call, man, Adam. <laughs> that's, it's not, that's not mandatory. His parents decided to send him there. It's mandatory that he go to some sort of school. Otherwise, they'll throw his parents in a jail he, cell. His parents More chose what up. school he this went to. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free. You can bring up anything at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got features, and we give them all away, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo. You can see what that's all about by going to shrine.freetalklive.com. Uh, again, shrine.freetalklive.com. The bureaucrats are busily undermining your right to bear arms, but that's not the only thing taking up their time. They're also taxing bottled water. That's right, water. Log on to enjoybottledwater.org and tell them enough is enough. Sign the petition fighting taxes and regulations on bottled water. After all, if they can tax water, what will they do next? Enjoybottledwater.org. Go sign the petition. All right, we go to Rusty, listening to KBYO in Louisiana. Rusty, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going? Just super. What's on your mind tonight, Rusty? Oh, man, you know, that mandatory service thing, that's about crazy. I think the whole daggum country is just a big abomination, if you excuse my French, an abomination, you know, to God and everything, the way things is going. And there's a catch-22 on that thing where they're forcing people to stand up for their rights. You know, the man wants to stand up for his rights, but he'll have to take time off from his work sure. to do anything worth a darn. So then he's going to lose everything he's got because somebody's going to jump in there and need a job real quick and going to take his place. Mm. So everybody's just in a bind. And they, they can't even stand up for their own rights 
because I can't afford to. You're right. That's the number one. That's probably the number one factor that stops people from doing it. I mean, besides the fact that uh, life is pretty comfortable uh, if you don't stand up and speak out, you know, you've got a nice television set you can watch, uh, an internet that you can play with, all kinds of uh, distractions, video games, things to uh, to keep you busy with. So uh, why would you want to stand up and make a bunch of noise? And you might have those things taken away from you because that's the other thing that scares people is that not only do they just not have the time or the money to engage in activism because, well, they're so busy paying taxes and trying to keep food put on the table. But they also understand that if they did have the time and money to engage in activism, if they stick their head above the water, they'll become a target. They could become a target for retaliation by whoever it is that they're that they're working against, essentially. And that's a very realistic fear, I think, that the idea that you're just drawing attention to yourself and therefore these people that are in the positions of power in the government, whether they be Republicans or Democrats, they don't like having their positions of power challenged and they could very well re- retaliate against you for doing so. So there are all kinds of reasons to just keep quiet and uh, and do nothing. Yeah, because we, we don't really even have a freedom of speech. You know, you can't talk about politics at work. You can't talk about God at work. And I drive an 18-wheeler. I'm going from one coast to the other coast, and I'm hearing people all across the United States. And, you know, nine out of ten of them, they really don't seem to even know what's going on or care about it. No. You know, you you got a bunch of people out there in in Arizona out there living in a tent town because they don't have no house or nothing, taking a bath in a creek, getting commodities. When you got these other guys over here, a whole daggum mall full of people, spending money, places... Yeah, I'm still here. I'm sorry, you cut out for just a moment. Spending money, go ahead. Yeah, they're all spending money, you know, in these malls and shopping centers and everything, like they got nothing to worry about. Well, it's much easier to keep your head in the sand. It's much uh, it's a much better world view. It's it's easier to deal with life when everything just just seems to be peachy keen out there. And if you just turn your you know you turn off your ears and eyes and you don't read the uh, the news and you don't look and see what's going on and you do everything you can to avoid it and and stay uh, you know stay deeply involved in such important things as what new movies are coming out, what the stars are doing, who's marrying who, who's having babies with who else. Uh, and, you know, who got photographed nude, whatever all the pop culture noise is out there that people can just delve into. It's a much more comfortable existence because, well, why bother worrying? It's not like you can do anything to change it, can you? And really, you can't really do anything to change the national federal government. So why bother trying? I can completely understand where people are coming from. Yeah, but that's just going to sink their boat, man. That's true. I mean, big time. Oh, absolutely. Yep. They don't have. They don't understand what the long-term consequences of just allowing tyranny to go on are. Now, again, like you say, they don't even realize that tyranny is happening in America because it's just much more comfortable for them to stay ignorant of this. But you're right. Their ignorance, long-term, is going to be much more devastating than if they were to actually do something and stand up for their and stand up for their freedoms. But unfortunately, until until enough freedoms have been infringed upon to where people can no longer ignore it, I think you will continue to see people ignoring it for as long as they possibly can. Yeah, and, and then it's going to turn into like a, a nationwide postal situation. <laughs> About where people are going going postal, you mean? No, yeah, that's what I mean. You know, after it gets to a certain point, and they'll realize, man, what have we let happen? I mean, I just don't understand how people can... Just sit back and not do nothing. They're just looking at their little group picture, you know, their little neighborhood right there. Everything's peachy king, but they're not looking at the whole picture. Yep. Thank you, you know? Rusty, for your for your thoughts tonight. Good to hear from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 
It's true. There's a lot of people out there who just still, they're just still not tuned into anything. And I think some people woke up during the eight years of Bush when there were there was a lot more public concern about civil liberties being infringed upon mm-hmm. and war and things like that. But now a lot of those people have sort of tuned out because they figure, well, there's a new president now. That was a Bush problem, not a problem with government. And he's continuing I, I, all the policies. I think we're kind of at if you're looking at the public in general, I think to a large extent you're at square one. I mean, it's just we haven't made that much improvement over the last several years with people waking up. I think, you know, some people are becoming more aware of what's going on, but they're still in the minority. So those who have woken up really owe it to themselves to take a look at the Free State Project. And we'll talk more about that coming up because I think it is time for people to get active. And it is time for people that do realize that something is seriously wrong with this country. And it didn't just start uh, in January with Obama's election. The problems have been going on for decades in this country. It's been one uh, one administration building more problems off the other administration, uh, building more off the, the next one. And so I know a lot of the conservatives out there want to blame everything on Obama now. It's like all of a sudden, because there's a Democrat in office, now there are problems with the country that didn't exist before. Now it's, it's so pr- disingenuous. Well, they're, they're taking issue now with things that they were doing. And I mean, yes. many of these Congress people were in office for the last several years. They were dramatically increasing the size of government. But now it's a problem to dramatically increase the size of government when they're not in the majority and right. it's not a Republican president. I mean, I I hope that people start to figure out that when Republicans start talking small government, it's only because they're Democrats are the ones in a position to, to take credit, if you will, for expanding the size of government, not because they, they actually believe what they're saying. Yep. Well, I'm sure a lot of people will get fooled again, despite what we're trying to warn them about. They'll 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 get snookered in and taken by the Republicans' rhetoric again. Oh, that's a they really mean it this time. Yeah, we'll see. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the Cycle CAI toll free line. Let's go to Steve in Canada. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi guys. I uh, first want to make a quick comment about national service, but my main point is about traffic court. Okay. Um, about national service, I don't know if uh, this has ever come up in your discussions, but have you, have any of you ever seen the film Starship Troopers? Yes. Long time ago. Okay. There's, uh, there's a, you know, it's a dystopian future, and uh, one of the funny concepts uh, of it is that in order to be a citizen of the U.S., you first have to serve in the military. Well, it's a citizen of the world government at that point. Cause it's oh, sci-fi. was it a world government? Yeah, yeah, at that point it is. It was actually, that book was written by, oh God, what's his name? It was written by a libertarian author, and I'll have to look it up. Really? But the book that the movie's based on was, yes. That, Heinlein? Uh-huh. Is it Heinlein? Yes, no. it is. It's Robert yes. Heinlein. Okay. It seems like the, uh, the the director, Paul Verhoeven, uh, I, I've noticed a few films at least where he deals with dystopian futures that involve... Uh, privatized areas uh, that are uh, that are not currently privatized, like you know, in RoboCop, where they're you know, that's that's a Paul Verhoeven film where they're talking about privatizing the police force, uh, or Total Recall, where they're privatizing the sale of air on Mars. Uh, anyways, he's a fascinating director, but uh, that wasn't uh, my main point. My main point today was about uh, a traffic court experience that I had. About two weeks ago, and I'll, I'll hold we'll it. let you share uh, that here in moments. Yeah. Hang on. 800-259-9231. Paul Verhoeven also directed Showgirls, which was about, well, 
Showgirls. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can bring up whatever you want. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. Talk Live. It's your show. You can dial toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to buy for life, they probably sell it at Amazon with over, well, dozens of categories. They keep changing, keep adding new categories all the time. Dozens of categories in which to shop, including used items. So if you need to save a few extra bucks, you can do that over at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. And when you enter through that link, Free Talk Live gets a cut. As we continue with your phone calls about whatever you want, it's Steve in Canada. You were going to tell us about some sort of traffic court experience you had. Go ahead. That's exactly right. It happened recently, and uh, it's mostly to vent, so I apologize in advance, but uh, I was also wondering if you've ever heard of something like this before. I, I probably should have known that they could do something like this, but uh, it never crossed my mind that they might. Um, I got a ticket about 13 months ago for uh, you know, a rolling stop at a stop sign. Um, I didn't do it. I did, I did come to a complete stop, and so I decided to, to fight this ticket in court. Anyways, after a long, drawn-out procedure of having to go and wait in line and set up a court date and lose hours and hours and hours, they finally assigned me a court date a full 13 months after the uh, alleged offense. And I had photos to show that the cop couldn't have seen, you know, all kinds of things. I was, I was ready to present my case. And um, I show up at 8.30 a.m. when they tell me to. Uh, you know, diligently as, as they expect me to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sit there in the courtroom for a total of three and a half hours while they hear everybody else's case. I'd like to just say that uh, they want you to show up at a specific time, but yep. they can show up whenever they want. If you don't show up at 8.30 and they call your name, you get a failure to appear warrant put out for your arrest, whereas if you show up at 8.30 and Judgey Poo doesn't walk into the uh, the room until, you know, three in the afternoon, well, that's just how it is. Exactly. Yeah. What do, what do they care? Um, so uh, the other really irritating thing is that what they do uh, is they, they first hear all the cases uh, of people who are going to plead guilty for mm-hmm. uh, reduced uh, punishment. Uh, and I guess this is sort of a lesson to those of us who are going to fight the ticket. Uh, you're going to fight the system. We're going to make you wait longer. If yep. you comply with us, you'll get out of here sooner. Yep, that's true. Uh, so anyways, it's now, I'm now the last person in the, in the courtroom. They've heard every other case, and it, it's, uh, you know, there were probably 40 people before me. And are uh, you all by I'm, yourself? I'm, I'm, the only people in this courtroom at this point are me, the stenographer, the judge, and the cop that came to testify. So you didn't even have... Uh, oh, and the prosecutor. No, no loved ones came with you to, to help, you know, give you moral support or whatever? Oh, no, it's... You know, traffic. I'm not going to ask for that for traffic court, especially because okay. I wasn't trying to do any kind of civil disobedience. I was just going to fight a ticket. You're trying to fight it within their system using the whatever means you could. Exactly. Okay. Uh, you know, I here in here in Toronto, I, I uh, you know, I'm not in New Hampshire. I, I I've, 
I feel like I don't have many other options. Um, I don't think you had it. I think that that was the right thing to do anyway. The civil disobedience on uh, stop signs is, is not going to work. But uh, How know. do you know it's not going to work? It's civil disobedience gonna... and non-cooperation have worked well here. That People have been let off of driving without registration, illegal U-turn, and yeah. speeding tickets here. If in I was there, I, I would, I, if I was there where you guys are, I, I would have certainly given it a try here. I, there's no point. Yeah, I see where you're um, coming from. So what happened? You were the last person in the courtroom. So I'm the last person there. It's now 5 to noon. I've been there, you know, five minutes shy of three and a half hours. Uh, they call my name. I get up in front of the, the judge. I've got my notes and my photos ready. The judge looks down at his watch, and he says, uh, you know what, um, we've got to do lunch. And I'm about to, you know, I'm about to say something here, and before I can even think uh, of saying, no, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm about to say, I'm not waiting here through your lunch and coming back in the afternoon, the prosecutor jumps in and says, okay, well, we'll just reschedule for August 27th then. Oh, God. And I said, I'm sorry, what? And I, I was in shock. I, I didn't, only because I've, I've known a lot of people that go to traffic court, and I've never heard of this ever in my life. I thought, if anything, they're just going to dismiss it. That's what they would have done if the cop didn't show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I jumped in, and I said, hold on a second here. I've been diligent. I, I got here exactly when you told me to. I've been here for three and a half hours. I think you need to dismiss the case. It's completely unreasonable for you guys to expect me to come back uh, five months from now or however many months from now until August. No, and, it's not. Uh, we'll see you in August. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so that's so. This is what the judge said. He, you know, I, and I said, I, you know, I've missed my whole morning of work. I've got to now take another day off work. This mm. is this yep. is ridiculous. And the judge says, Oh, you know, I feel bad, but there's nothing I can do. And uh, my hands turned, are tied. Right, exactly. My hands are tied. I turned to the prosecutor and I said, I said, Well, what about you? You can drop the charge. This is ridiculous that you should make me make, make me do this. And she said, oh, no, we're not, we're not dropping anything. No, we want and our money. I really wanted to have an outburst to the judge, but I didn't want to go away in handcuffs. And I figured I could at least say something rude to the prosecutor, so I did. And, you know, no consequence for that. But yeah. I, um, I, was just, I was just floored that uh, I, I know I shouldn't have been. They can, they can do whatever they want. But mm-hmm. And they do. I guess because I had never heard of this happening before where a person shows up for court and does everything right, and still they get told, oh, sorry, it wasn't good enough, and you're going to have to come back and waste more of your time. Welcome to the system, my I friend. I mean, you can, if it was, you're not, obviously not likely to do it for traffic court, right. but I do know that in the States, you can motion to have a case dismissed based on the fact that they're denying you, they've denied you a right to a speedy trial. Yeah, do you I can do that here. I can do that here as well. There's some kind of petition and paperwork and lengthy paperwork and have some kind of lawyer or notary approve it and then, you know, get it all filled out. It'll take, they tell me it will take longer than August, so I would still have to go into court, show them that I filled up the paperwork, and then they might dismiss it. But... I don't want to do that. I don't want to waste more time, you know? <laughs> it's, it's just crazy to me. I don't anyway. know what to tell you, man. It's frustrating. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing you, you, you can. I, uh, I, I, I do work for a, a big media company here, and I, you know, the, the vice president here of uh, publicity said he, he, you know, he was outraged by the story, and he'd try and notify local media, but I don't think they're going to care about something like a traffic ticket. No, so. no. I mean, there are so many tragic stories that pass through the district court, uh, any old district court, I don't know if that's what they're called in Canada, but the low-level courts that deal with traffic tickets and right. you know, DUIs and, um, and whatever else uh, people are doing, marijuana possession. There's right. so many cases that go through there and so many families that are, are ruined and lives that are destroyed. 
Uh, there are all kinds of newsworthy things in there, but the sta- the uh, the established media organizations are not going to go in there, and they're not going to bring a camera in to uh, to watch these arraignments. They're not going right. to question the judge about why he's he's uh, ruining people's lives and extracting money from people that just can't afford to pay uh, these absurd fines. They're not going to they're not going to call the system into question because then they'll be targeted for retaliation, whether it means there are news reporters being arrested for things or pulled over and harassed, or it just simply means that the police departments are no longer going to give information to these news agencies. They have no interest whatsoever in actually holding any government people feet uh, feet to the flame. It's it's a rarity when a news reporter will actually have the ability to do something like that. And so well, more nice over, when that happens. But moreover, in Canada, I, I mean, I just feel like the media loves the government anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. There's, it's a it's a lose lose situation. It really. seems that yeah. way everywhere. Yes, it's yeah. that way everywhere. I mean, that's one of the reasons why Gardner Goldsmith believes he got fired from his his recent radio station that he worked right. at. Uh, yeah. He believes he was fired because there are certain interests that run the radio station that don't want to upset the apple cart, so to speak, right. in the in the realm of politics because there's uh. just too much. Too much negativity that will come to the radio station, or in this case, your whatever media organization you're talking about. Right. Uh, well, I, by... I have to bite my tongue sometimes. There's, there's this. Uh, it's, it's a, it's one of the large music companies that I work for, and uh, Canada has some of the weakest uh, legislation for piracy and shutting down, um, you know, music sharing sites. And so, at my company, there's this movement to petition for tougher legislation. And I'm the lonely person there not speaking up and saying, mm. well, I don't think we should have more legislation because I, I fear for losing my job if I were to say it. Yeah. So I just don't, you know, I don't petition in, but I'm not, you know, I can't, I can't be too vocal about Speech it. Speech is free as long as you're willing to suffer the consequences. <laughs> Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you and uh, let us know what happens in August, I guess. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we continue, Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee on the amp lines. Well, hi, guys. Hey, Gene. Uh, wanted to uh, chime in here because I'm sick and tired of hearing all these people whining about having to do their fair share for the government and do a little bit of service. I what mean, do you mean? Uh, my, well... This, this plan by Obama, this is a good thing to get people to get out and get busy and, and do a little service to pay back for all of their freedoms that they have. I mean, you know, my wife is from China, and uh, when she went through college, they had to go through a three-month military training thing. It was mandatory. And, <laughs> you know, everybody, everybody had to do it. Gene, so I'll let you come back. You're making an interesting point here. Hang on. Hang on, Gene. We're going to bring you back. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Essentially saying that this is very China-like. This well, new national service I, program. I, I've heard the idea of a three months civil defense training program being put in place for all American youth for teenagers. Yep, the, they're the working on that. There. Yep. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Hour three coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Government officials like to think they know better than the rest of us. They tell us what we can buy and when we can buy it. Everything from guns and booze to cold medicine and cigarettes. Now they've gone even farther. Cities across the country are now trying to tax and ban bottled water. That's right. Simple, no alcohol, no caffeine, no calorie bottled water. They say it's wasteful and buying it is, quote, stupid. But who are they to decide? If politicians decide you shouldn't even be able to buy bottled water, what's next? Visit us at enjoybottledwater.org and sign the petition to keep the nanny state out of our water bottles. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour three of the show. You can dial toll-free, bring up whatever you want. 
800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Plus, Nick has got his own website. It's freemindstv.com. If you're looking for more great pro-liberty audio and video content, go no further than freemindstv.com because you get them both. You get both freemindstv and Free Minds Radio featuring Nick and his uh, partner, Toby. And apparently you guys just had a, a brand new redesigned website. I don't know if that's public news yet or not, but it's yep. it's up. It's up and it's out there. We do have a new redesigned website uh, thanks to Zeus, who is very generous in building a new one for us because we don't have the technical ability to do that. So it it doesn't look like a crowded website from the 90s anymore. It looks like <laughs> a website that's up with the times. Cool. I did take a quick gl- uh, gl- uh, glance at it, and it did look good. That Zeus is quite a talented individual. He is. He, um, for those that uh, don't know who we're talking about, he's kind of like a, you know an associate producer of the show, albeit remote, and uh, he makes a lot of the commercials that you hear here on Free Talk Live. He is the voice of the Liberty Radio Network. When you listen yeah. at uh, libertyradionetwork.com, you hear the voice in between doing the promos and that sort of thing, introducing the shows. He does that, too. He's so. got a big, giant voice. Yeah, he's got one of those radio, deep radio voices. Uh, 800-259-9231. We continue taking your phone calls. Gene, the Christian anarchist, is back on with us. Now, Gene, you were drawing a comparison saying that you think this whole manda- uh, mandatory service thing's pretty good idea because, after all, that's what they do in China, right? That's right. It's good enough for the red Chinese. It ought to be good enough for us. I don't know <laughs> what we think we are anyway. You know, uh, but, you know, in, seriously, what's happened in China is... When my wife was doing this, this was 20 years ago. And what they've done is they've consistently decreased their public service in China to where when she was doing it, it was three months. Now it's down to like a one week, and they don't even have to go to the military base. They're, they're on their school campus, and it's like the ROTC guys coming out and teaching them some exercise stuff. So, that, so they went from three months at a military camp to now it's a one-week program in college where all they do is go rah-rah, shish-goomba. Yeah, so, very interesting. And we're going, the op- we're going the opposite way. So right. now we're going from no service, and we're, pretty soon we're going to be going to more than three months for everybody. So we're becoming more communist. I see this every day, that we're becoming more and more communist, and China's becoming more and more free. It's just it's pathetic. Absolutely. We've been listening to you call uh, the show over the last several years. You've been dialing in to tell us about your trips and your experiences in China, as your wife is Chinese, and so you go over to visit family members. And your observations have been very interesting. I mean, you've told us things like they just don't have the police on the streets harassing people like they do uh, in the United States. And, of course, we've seen the economic situation over there improving quite a bit since, you know, they got rid of old Chairman Mao, and after that, things started uh, getting better, and there's more uh, freedom for industry to uh, be doing things in China than there ever was in the past. Of course, Hong Kong has been a very good example for them to take a look at, which they they regained control of Hong Kong in the late 1990s from Great Britain, and they pretty much have left it as is. A lot of people expected the Chinese Communist government to come in and clamp down on Hong Kong, but that never really manifested, and they they pretty much left them alone. Actually, economic freedom in China is way better than it is here. However, uh, freedom of speech is not there, of course, the freedom to keep and bear arms. I mean, like I've mentioned in the past, you have those freedoms no matter where you go. It's just that they're very quick to uh, violate them over there. 
So if I were to strap on a 45 and walk through Beijing, I'm not going to get too far before one of those goons is going to come after me and try and take my 45 away from me. But is, that, is that all that would happen is they just took the 45 away? Um, I think, especially as a foreigner, I would probably have a very light sentence and be kicked out of the country. But mm-hmm. if you were a Chinese, it would be a different story. That said, though, your observation, I think, is generally correct, and that is China is moving in a more free direction, albeit slowly, uh, while the United States is definitely moving down the path toward more tyranny. Any other thoughts for us tonight, Gene? Well, just uh, the other day you were talking about saving energy by not having black cars, which I thought is a stupid idea. I have a much better idea. Well, that was was California's idea, but go ahead. Yeah, you can save uh, a thousand times more energy by just uh, taking your pickup truck, get a a chain, and every time you see a stop sign, you wrap your chain around that stop sign, you rip it out of the ground, (laughs) and we're going to save a whole lot more money when all them stop signs are gone than than uh, any of this trying to paint your car a light color nonsense. Yeah, a lot, that, that's very much true. If they put yield signs where stop signs were, you wouldn't have the uh, the, the same situation. You, you would still have the situation where people were required to yield the right-of-way. However, there would only be a ticket given when there was an accident caused and, yeah. or some property was, was damaged. When I was a youngster in the 50s and 60s, we had yield signs at most intersections, mm, not that's stop amazing. signs. And now it's stop signs everywhere and when i like i mentioned in europe they don't have stop signs that i could see very few and in china i've only seen one from the back side and i think it was a stop sign but uh, in all the trips to china i've never found a stop sign yet somehow everybody in the world manages to survive without stop signs yep but if you don't stop at the stop sign and they see you not doing it then they will come after you i thank eugene for the call in fact it reminds me of a video i saw today over at obscuredtruth.com one of sam's newest videos he's got footage from a plano police department squad car as it's pulling over some football player i don't, I don't remember who it was but some football player was or sports guy was on the way to the hospital with his dying mother-in-law yeah. in the car and he, as he was going to this hospital, as Sam puts it, uh, Sam from the Obscure Truth Network puts it, he used his own judgment at a stop sign or a, or a red light or something like that. And he basically checked it out, made sure there was nobody coming, and then blew right on through. Right, I think it was the red, it was red light. I think it was a red light. So he blows through a red light, cop puts on his blue, uh, blues and reds and, and, and starts chasing him. And since this guy has his dying mother-in-law in his car, he's not so interested in pulling over for the cop. Right. So he's not exactly gunning it or anything to try to get away from the cop, but he's continuing his path to the hospital, where he then pulls into the hospital, and the cop begins uh, just haranguing him and, and just absolutely harassing him as he would like to go into the hospital so he could be with uh, his family yeah. who's having a difficult time but no he has to stay out and deal with this a-hole cop who is just so upset that this man would dare to disobey the state's uh, traffic control devices that's pretty much what he had a big stick up his butt this cop because this guy decided to make his own choice for himself and run through a red light and it was just, it's amazing. Obscuretruth.com, you can see the video footage for yourself. You can see just how rude uh, this cop was. I mean, even when he tells the cop, look, my mother-in-law is dying. I would like to go be with her. Doesn't that, uh, can't you understand that? Well, blah, 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 blah. You ran through a stop sign. And well, if you just, if you just pulled over after you ran through the, after, if you just pulled over and showed me your, your registration, I probably would have let you go. 
Yeah, sure, he would have. This this kind of a cop is just going to pull somebody over and then just let him go? It, I don't know about that. I don't trust what the cop said. And, I mean, just judging on how this cop was behaving, the cop ended up actually admitting lying while he was on the video. It's mm. it's an amazing little piece, a uh, little package that Sam has put together over at ObscuredTruth.com, and I highly recommend that you take a look at it. We continue here. Ryan Motes is apparently his name. Ryan Motes, some, some sort of football star. Take your word for it. Yeah. All <laughs> right, so 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Stephen in Colorado. Stephen, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, how are you doing tonight? What's on your mind, Stephen? Well, uh, I've been hearing this a lot lately since the election. I usually don't talk about the political stuff, but uh, I've been hearing this quite a lot. Uh, We should, if if I slam Obama, if I disagree with something he's said or done, I'm told to give him a chance. Why? Why don't I just give him a chance? He, you know, if you give him a chance, he might turn out to be a great president. And I'm really having a hard time explaining to people that. No, I can't possibly give him a chance because what he wants to do are things that are 180 degrees out, you know, diametrically opposed from the things that I believe in. Right. You know, and this is How? this is the thing that uh, that really gets me on this is, you know, I the same thing happens to me. And it's like, well, th- what they think of politics as is a roll of the dice. Maybe Obama will get lucky. Maybe he won't. If he rolls badly, he's a bad man. If he rolls good, he's a good man. But that's not really it. What he's trying to do is save the economy in the same manner that you would save a puppy by shooting it in the head. Uh, bring, we'll bring you back here for more thoughts in a moment, Stephen. 800-259-9231. Give him a chance. He's had a few months. He hasn't done anything in a pro-freedom direction. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and the features include the updates. You get signed up, we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates. Dot freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. If you've uh, got some emails now and then that you don't want folks getting a hold of in some manner or another, well, privacyharbor.com has a, a free It's a free email alternative. They have a free account over there. You can send, I believe, 20 emails a month at no charge. And uh, so that stuff that you need other people not to be able to see, well, privacyharbor.com. 1-800-259-9231. We go back to Stephen in Colorado. Stephen, who is uh, pointing out that he's been having conversations with people since Obama was uh, inaugurated. And they've been saying to you, Stephen, well, why don't you just give him a chance? Give him a yeah. chance. And give I just don't understand what that means. Yeah, well, I think Mark Mark is very close to the bullseye when he said that they view it like a, a game of you know rolling the dice. You know, he could turn out to be a good president. We just have to give him a chance. We have to wait and see. How and, and long? These people, have you ever asked them how long you have to wait? You know, uh, what I usually say is, and I kind of, I got to admit, I really don't know how to articulate my position on this well. What I end up usually saying is something like, you know, listen, never during the campaign once did he indicate that he was going to do anything in the pro-liberty direction. Nope. So why on earth would I give him a chance, hoping that maybe he might break all of his campaign promises in the direction of liberty? Yeah, well, he's definitely he's broken his campaign promises so far, just not in the direction of liberty. So Exactly. And, and then if I can throw this out here, too, real quick, um, and, and usually the 
the obvious corollary of 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 this is that we people like us uh, we we aren't suggesting you know we don't have any better ideas. Sure we do. Why don't we keep our fat mouths shut? And and uh, how how I usually explain to people is that I have I have a good better best idea of liberty. You know, good would be if we could just get this government to adhere to its own constitution. Yeah, that's not going to happen, but it's a nice thought. Uh, better would be let's just ditch the constitution altogether and go to the Articles of Confederation. And then of course best would be if all government everywhere just collapsed. And Obama's not going to do anything in those directions, none of them, not even what I would consider good, which would be adhering to the Constitution. He's never given a single in indication that he wants to adhere to the Constitution. So, you know, why on earth should I give this guy a chance? I can't. I cannot give him a chance. Oh, I, I have no problem giving him a chance, but what does it mean to give him a chance? I mean, we yeah. gave him a chance before he was elected to explain himself as a pro-liberty guy, which no one expected right. him to do, and he certainly did not surprise anyone. He is a pro-state, uh, status, yep. just like all the other Republicans and Democrats are, maybe with the exception yep. of Ron Paul. Uh, but he's he's in favor of the state, just like anybody else. So we gave him a chance there. He proved himself to be a statist. First day in office, he didn't do a damn thing to achieve uh, to achieve more liberty in, in our lifetime, whereas you know, if somebody like a Harry Brown, uh, the 2000 Libertarian Party presidential candidate, was elected, his campaign promises was uh, were that the first day in office he would release all of the federal nonviolent offenders from prison, all and of the rip the, the pages out of the federal registry and right. You know. Nothing like that. Nothing like that was done with uh, with Obama. He didn't even bother, uh, you know, trying to start bringing any troops home or anything like that. I mean, exactly. so how long do you need to give this guy? That's what I'd like to know from these people. Is it right. a whole and four years? I, well, what I told him was that I can't. I, I I just disagree with him philosophically because what it comes down to is Obama and McCain. Because they often usually say, "Oh, well, if McCain wouldn't have been any better," right. you know, something like that, trying to suggest that I'd like McCain, which of course I right. did not. Right, with, I, as though I, that's your I, only I choice. Say, right, exactly. And what I always say is, well, neither Obama, you know, both Obama and McCain, they believe in government solutions for personal, social, and economic problems, and I do not. So I'm not going to give them any kind of, of a chance. I mean, I just can't even, I can't even wrap my head around that way of thinking, you know. It's just, it's so, you're so stuck in that two-party the Democrats or the the Republicans, you know. It's, it's just, a I way just, of thinking of uh, trying to protect your cognitive dissonance. I think it's or trying to protect your belief system. It's a cognitive dissonance mm -hmm. kind of thing where, it, like you were saying, Mark, it's kind of a crapshoot. Like, okay, well, let's let's cross our fingers and hope that this guy actually does something positive for the country. We have no idea what's going to happen, but right. we can hope. Right, and well, it, yeah, you know, the, even if even if the, the you know the roll of the dice is that the economy might get better. I don't know what's mm -hmm. going to happen that might make that happen, but it. It might happen. If it gets worse enough, it'll get better eventually. Yeah, right? some, somehow. And then that credit would go to Obama in spite of his, uh, you know, his terrible uh, things that he's done there. And then he would be considered by history to be a good president. And this is mm -hmm. still the, you know, like, what? His yep, policies right. still stink. Yeah. Hey, before I go, I just wanted to throw this out there. Uh, I visited Free Minds TV. I listened to an entire episode. And golly, I got to tell you. I really like it. Those are a couple of bright guys there, uh, Nick and Toby. Thanks. Very good. So, personal recommendation from Stephen. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. You can go and get more. Uh, you can get Free Minds Radio and TV at freemindstv.com. As we continue with Jeremy in Montana. Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live. Jeremy? Hey, guys. You guys right on head tonight. Thank you. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, well, I was just calling up to tell you about we're having a wonderful tea party here at Depot Park. What is it uh, going to entail? Well, I don't know.
don't know. There's no, not even a river or any water there, so I don't know what we're going to throw our tea bags in. Yet. Do you have rivers in Kalispell? Of course they do. Well, yeah, all okay. over the place. It's one of the most wonderful places to live because you can ride a mountain bike in two miles any direction almost and hit a nice stream or something, you know, still pretty good public access. So who's here. putting this event on? Do you have any idea? Well, I think it's uh, a couple of the guys that, uh, uh, Sean, I think, from the Ron Paul campaign here. So the Campaign for Liberty? Yeah, the Campaign this? for Liberty is okay. uh, the one that sponsored, well, I don't know if we're going to have sponsors. It's a public park. Why do we need sponsors? But I, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe they had to buy some newspaper ads or something. I just I suggested everybody to uh, wear their Sunday best. That way they don't see us all as a bunch of camo-clad imbeciles with no teeth or whatever. <laughs> you know, teeth are good because we're not. You know. So what are you expecting out of this, Jeremy? Are you going to be attending? What are you expecting to happen? Well, I mean, just to put the message out there that. It's kind of like a resolution in a way. It's just words. I mean, but and what the, is the, bodies that are, the, the bodies that are there are going to represent, to me, you know, like the amount of people that are sick and tired of our liberties being run over. Do you think that those folks will do anything besides come to a tea party? Do you think they're willing to actually take any serious action? Like, and I don't mean violence. I mean, uh, I mean actual non-cooperation. I mean not paying taxes. Or do you well, think they're that, just going to come and hold little tea bags out? That, that's uh, very interesting. You should ask that question, Ian, because um, you know we, we had a gentleman on this last week that um, wrote a note. He he writes uh, promissory notes for his prop, property taxes to the uh, state here, it, it, and uh, he doesn't actually pay them. He just writes promissory notes and uh, and tells them when. Uh, the monetary standard is returned to gold and silver. That he'll pay up then? Yeah, that he'll pay <laughs> up then. Have the, how long has he been doing short. that for? Huh? How long has he been at that for? I think it's on his seventh or eighth year now. Wow, that's amazing. They haven't stolen his house yet. Hey, thank you for the call, Jeremy. Let us know what happens out there if uh, the Tea Party actually does anything significant. 800-259-9231. Some Tea Party's been canceled because the local government thought there'd be too many people attending. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free, so enjoy those, including the wiki. Over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com, get interactive. You can edit virtually anything you see. It's like the listener-editable version of our website, Wiki. .freetalklive.com. What if you found out the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetime? Would you want to join them? It's happening, and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. It's kind of interesting to look around the country right now and watch as uh, people who have never been involved in any forms of 
serious forms of activism are attempting to are basically getting their feet wet yeah. uh, with things like the tea parties that are going on. Jeremy in Montana just called to let us know there was one going to be going on in Kalispell, and they've been going on all across the country over the last several weeks. Uh, all actually spurred by one gentleman on, I think it was CNBC or something like that, some money talk show, the, some guy in the background at, uh, I guess, on the stock trading floor in, in Wall Street was calling for a tea party. It's time to do it again. And so they've done it. They've gotten and they've very well, they haven't done it. They've had tea parties. They've had tea parties, but they didn't get per- but they got permits. If you yeah. get a permit for a tea party, you haven't had a tea party. I'm sorry. Tea parties are a reference to the Boston Tea Party. Uh, what you've had is a, a political rally, and that's fine if it's a political rally. But you know, let's not fool ourselves as to what we've got here. The uh, <laughs> the uh, a Boston Tea Party was an attack on a contractor working for the government. They destroyed their property and uh, you know drove them out of the harbor. Right, whereas these tea parties are a bunch of people standing around with signs, right. socializing, and I think holding tea bags or throwing them in the water. Or something. I'm not sure what they've done with the, the tea bags, uh, but it, it absolutely has nothing to do with the original. It would tea be party. it would be a better analogy if they actually want to recreate the tea party, the the original tea party, if they grabbed a bunch of IRS forms that the IRS had and then just destroyed the records by burning them or dumping them in the river. That would be like something. That's, that's, yeah. it, that's analogous. I'm not saying people should do that, but if Why you're not? calling for a repeat of the Boston Tea Party, that's what you got to do because they were breaking laws and basically attacking the tax man is what they were doing. Right. It's the tea parties without all of the radicalism. It's basically again just a it's or a social opportunity, yeah, or or effectiveness. But that's it's why a I'm saying rally for the Republicans. Well, it's like it's like I'm saying they're you know they're getting their feet wet. They're trying out this uh, activism I, thing. I think it's better that people are getting together and protesting against higher taxes. I think that's better than the alternative of staying at home. At least it does get some people out there doing something. And I think that for a lot of people, that first if that's their first initial bit of activism that they've ever done, it might lead to them doing other more constructive things. So I, 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 I think agree it's with a good that. thing. Plus it gets it gets some of the respectables out doing some stuff of you know for, for liberty and they'll get a chance to see, oh my gosh, these coppers really don't think that this whole protesting the government thing is part <laughs> of my rights. Yeah. So I think it's positive. I, I don't I don't want to be too mean to the Tea Party folks, but I just do want I do want to point out how their event is really not going to affect any change. You didn't whatsoever. even point it out until we did. So, I mean, here we sit, Nick and I, the the more uh, conservative of the uh, groups here, uh, groups here, saying it. So, well, here's. Uh, and by, by the way, I did mention there was a tea party recently that was canceled by the city because they were expecting too many people to show up. That was Cape Coral, Florida, and according <laughs> to according to to be to be fair, uh, according to FreedomWorks.org, the uh, somebody else has taken control of the event and has decided to. Do it anyway, I guess, tomorrow. I'm not sure that's what that means. That's that's law-breaking. I don't know <laughs> if that means it's being uh, if there's a law being broken. It is not being made clear here. So they may have just managed to pull a permit somewhere else, or maybe they're just going to do it anyway. Yeah, so, I, I mean, if if they're going to do some of these tea parties without getting the government paperwork for a gathering in the, in the, in the municipalities and places where you need those, more power to them, because at least they're standing up for freedom of assembly which is something that's been trampled on recently. So that's a good thing. It's not really addressing the tax issue, but that's one liberty that they'd actually be fighting for. 
The uh, the Orlando one that went down recently, according to the article at OrlandoSentinel.com, drew a crowd of more than 4,000 people, which, again, that's pretty significant. Yeah, that's big. There have been a lot of people turning out here, and if they could just figure out a way to actually activate these folks to do more than just come out, carry a sign, and have a few baked goods. They don't goods. want to activate them. Is All they want to do is get them to donate to their particular Republican campaign. That's true. You're right. There are the... This is a Republican political rally, and if you believe that it's anything else, God bless you. I mean, you know, we can go out there and try to turn those folks, and certainly we're t- it's an opportunity to talk about liberty, but that's what's going on here. Okay, you're right. It's just a Republican political rally, but it sounds like it could be something, and it is a fairly significantly sized event uh, when they when they go down, so it's worthy of, of talking about at least, and I think there are some people that are attending them maybe thinking it's more than that, maybe thinking that this is, yeah, this is it, you know, we're really going to show the uh, the government that we're serious. Yeah, and I mean, there are, I'm not going to give politicians very much credit, but there are people within that would consider themselves members of the Republican Party who are big supporters of Ron Paul and could arguably be described as libertarians. They're not a huge chunk of that party, as much as some pundits might want you to think they are now, but they're out there. Here are just some examples of what it was like at the Orlando Tea Party, just to give you a, a look into the mindset of some of the people that were attending. Uh, the attendees heard about it on a local uh, talk show host radio show, brandished flags and homemade signs bearing slogans such as, Repeal the pork or our bacon is cooked, and Obama lied, liberty died. That's right, because liberty was alive right up until Obama uh, took <laughs> office, right? We're really scared about what's happening in our country, said Debbie Weinsand, 71, of Largo and Pinellas County. She waved a sign that read, The problem with socialism is that you eventually run out of other people's money. On one side, and then on the other side, you can't blame Bush anymore on the other. So... So you see with this with this particular interest group they got they've got it right in some instances. I mean, yeah, socialism's bad. And the problem one of the problems with socialism is that you do run out of people's money. So that's that's all accurate, but they can't see the fact and they don't want to they don't want to see this fact. They can't see the fact that socialism existed before Barack Obama. We had this woman on the show on Saturday night who was so blind. I mean, she just with the cognitive dissonance in her was so thick and so heavy, it was impossible to get anything through to her. She she could not believe that other presidents could also be dictators like Obama is a dictator. It was oh oh no, everything has only happened now. It's all because of Obama and everything that came before was just peachy keen. The New Deal wasn't socialism. The Great Deal, uh, the Great Society wasn't socialism. Carter wasn't a socialist. Well, to admit that all of those programs were socialist would be to admit that the the government run by Republicans was also socialist because they did nothing to repeal the Social Security program. They did nothing to significantly even change the Social Security program uh, during their tenure. So they can't come to those conclusions. They just have to kind of accept them as, oh, well, that's history, and uh, our man Bush did the best he could while he was in office. Feelings were shared by uh, Lisa Faroli, one of the event's organizers, who said that a similar fear motivated her uh, to put the Tea Party together. She says the goal is to get people united, to let people know they aren't alone in their feelings of despair. We want to speak out and against the push towards socialization that we feel is taking place in our country. Socialization? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that the process of uh, teaching a child or a dog uh, you know, how to, to be nice around be people? To be sociable? Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, it's good that the Republicans are standing against socialization. Several speakers addressed the crowd, uh, estimated about 4,200 on a variety of topics, including gun rights, freedom of speech, the dangers of communism, and most prevalently, the economy, especially the Obama bailout plan. We've had enough of massive government-driven bailouts using our money, said Hedinger, who's one of the organizers. And then the, uh, the crowd then started chanting USA over and over again. So they still believe in the state. Well, they I still believe I, I, who, who thought they didn't? Right, they still believe in the state. They still believe in the concept of the United States, and they believe that likely well, that if they elect their people, they'll turn it all around, and the country will get back to freedom again. You know, I, I would like them to actually find out what real liberty is about, but if they're rallying against the inc- any increase in the size of the government, and they're being con- at least from this point on being consistent about that, I'll take that where I can get it. Yeah, that much is true. I think uh, I think an event like this is ripe for an outreach opportunity for liberty-minded people to spread out and flyer the crowd or something like that. We can get bring some converts over. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call. If you make it now, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com is the place to go. And if you like this show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote Free Talk Live by going to promote.freetalklive.com. Lots of easy ways for you to help get this show into more ears around the country and around the world. You can get the whole list and help us out at promote dot freetalklive.com mark you had something about uh what i guess corporal punishment punishment? yeah it's uh going on in australia apparently teachers in queensland have been given the uh they call it the cane over there so it's caning go ahead in some queensland schools the cane's still being wielded in some uh queensland schools where parents sign legal waivers to give teachers the power to hit their children. Hmm. Corporal punishment option is offered at some of the state's fastest-growing independent schools as part of their strict behavior management strategies. Religious beliefs are used to justify uh, discipline at some schools. Now, the school I grew up with, they definitely had a paddle. Um, It didn't get employed very often, at least in my experience. There was that one kid. You mean the elementary school you went to? um, I went to an elementary, the same elementary and uh, junior high. And they had a paddle there. Yes. Okay. They had a paddle at my elementary school, and that was a government school. Did they? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I can't believe that they had a uh, you know, ten years later, they had a paddle at a government school. I don't know. Let's see. I don't know if they got rid of it during Did the time that I was there. Have it ever used on you? It was never used on me, but then again, I wasn't really going to the principal's office getting in trouble yeah. in elementary school. I waited until I was in middle school to start getting in trouble. <laughs> I never got in trouble at school. Okay. Very rare. So, you know, I, I guess uh, with more than 55,000 suspensions handed out at state schools uh, last fisc- uh, financial year, a jump of more than 20% in two years, independent schools in Queensland has reported uh, growing support for private schools catering to the disengaged and at-risk school ske- sector. Uh, Bundaberg Christian College principal Mark Bensley said corporal punishment had become a draw card for some parents because of a lack of boundaries at other schools. And... You know, I just don't know about this whole corporal punishment and school thing. I mean, we've been doing it. We've been going without here. And obviously, uh, in government schools, the, you know, the classroom experience is deteriorating. But wait, I thought you favor spanking. I favor a parent's right to spank. So why are you against this? It says it's an option. 
it's you know it's an option. I just don't know that I would want somebody else uh, striking my child if uh, so. Don't consent. Uh, yeah, don't consent. I I will say that having been in government schools more recently than either of you, much of the time that is wasted is wasted on simply teachers not being able to control the classroom. So students talking, wasting time, and teachers having to talk to students, send them to the office. It it wasted a significant portion of the day. So I got you. I can see why you know if parents want to consent, if it, you know to if they want, I mean if they want to consent to letting government school teachers do it, or if they're in a private school where they're aware that that's part of the discipline curriculum. I'm not saying, especially with older children, I'm not saying that corporal punishment is necessarily the greatest route to go, but. Discip- more discipline in schools might go a long way to making the classroom experience more efficient. And I, would, I wouldn't I would be surprised to see... I mean, a lot of private schools are better with discipline than government schools. Well, in a lot of those cases, uh, at a private school, you can actually take somebody out of a class that's a troublemaker, whereas in the government schools, they have to really cause a lot of trouble to get taken into the troubled kids' school. Otherwise, they're going to be left in the class. So a private school has a whole lot more leeway on how they can deal with... A, uh, a troubled situation, troubled child at their, at their schools. But all that said, I, I disagree completely with the idea of, of spanking children or, or raising a paddle to them. I, I don't care if you consent to it or not. Uh, I think that it's a, it's a terrible way to teach kids right from wrong because you're essentially teaching them that you solve problems in this life with violence. If somebody does something well, wrong, then violence is an appropriate way to I, uh, right the situation. It, if... I mean, you generally you use a more refined method to do it, but I think if somebody has legitimately transgressed either your person or your property, that you do apply violence. Whether it's, I mean, you the might threat be, or the, the uh, threat. The it's violence. an implied threat, but if somebody smashes up my car, I'm going to take them to court, and if they don't pay, the court's going to put them in jail. Now, I'm not going to go kneecap them if they, you know, somebody gets into a fender bender with me, and it might be a it might be too subtle a distinction for a child to make. But, but in those cases, you're talking about that you've actually been victimized in some way. In in a lot of cases with kids getting spanked, it's not because they've gone out and destroyed somebody else's property. In in many cases, it could just simply because you know they stepped out of line while they were waiting for class. And if you step out of line too many times, you go to the principal's office and he administers a spanking. So I think that there are a lot of times where the paddle is used, where it's not necessarily in a retaliation for some kind of damage uh, that the child has done. And I I still don't agree with uh, with that kind of uh, punishment. Personally, I think that parents should be more creative with the way they punish their kids. Nick, were you spanked as a kid? Um, I think twice, maybe. So I was at yeah, real but young. Com- um, yeah, probably. F- Five or six, I don't remember. I mean, it was five or six. So, I so don't clearly your clearly. parents were able to come up with some alternative methods of punishing you yeah. when you stepped out of line I rather than raising I have a, their I have hand a, to you. Yeah, I have a problem with parents who use it as a common method of punishment. Like if if you're resorting to spanking more than once every couple of months, either you have have a very misbehaved child or much more likely you, you're not parenting them very effectively. So I'm not a big advocate of spanking. I just I don't think it's a terrible thing if parents use it in certain circumstances where everything else has failed. And I think if it's applied in the right way, it can actually do what it's intended to do. But I don't think it's something that should be applied very often or that is usually the best answer to a problem with a kid. Nor would I do anything about it. I mean, I... 
it's your kid, your business. If that's what you want to do, if that's how you want to raise them, okay. Uh, I don't appreciate it, but I'm not going to well, pass a law against it or try to prevent people from doing that. If you decide that this is how you want to raise your kids and you want to essentially give that power or that ability to the principal of the school that you're sending your kids to, who am I to say that that's you know something you can't do? Yeah, I I think that if you don't have a you don't have a right you don't have a power if you don't have that the right and the power to delegate that that right or that power to someone else. Um, I I just don't know what I think about the idea of delegating that power to, you know, the school. Uh, you know, I, I just I know that that was part of the requirement to the school I went to, and it wasn't that big of a deal. But at the same time, it, it, you know, I guess it just bothers me. This guy here with this, uh, you know, one of those uh, school jackets on with a crest and, mm-hmm. you know, it's blue blazer with a crest yeah. on it, you know, and just uh, he's whole. I can just imagine that uh, stick that uh, I, I think it, uh, Hoffman, Principal Hoffman had. It was a, you know, dried out piece of driftwood that uh, I'm sure would have whipped through the air real nice. It's sick. I, when I think about that, I think those people are sadistic. I think there's something wrong with them. The idea that they enjoy inflicting pain on young people, and I know that they're going to say they don't enjoy it, it's just part of discipline, blah, 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 but I think there's a certain type of individual that's attracted to a role like that, somebody that likes the idea of dishing it out to bad kids, that they, they get into it or get off on it, one or the other, and I find that kind of icky and disturbing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, from a libertarian standpoint, which is uh, likely where you're drawing this uh, from, your your moral code is is that I would think that uh, you would be in support of using spanking um, in retaliation to somebody who had used violence against somebody else. So if uh, Johnny hits uh, Susie, um, then Johnny should be able to, you know, face some kind of. Uh, Eye for an eye makes the whole world blind, Mark. I think that if we have uh, the eye for the eye policy, that you're just going to encourage the the cycle of violence. I think somebody at some point has to stop that cycle and come up with alternate ways to deal with those situations. What would you suggest in that circumstance? If little Johnny hits somebody? Well, if Johnny, likely, uh, you know, what you're going to have to deal with are siblings. Siblings are constantly uh, scrapping. And and what if you have one sibling that, uh, you know, just hits the other sibling? You know, that's a great question. Uh, I think that what you could you could do in that particular case, and, and again, I'm not a parent. I would love to have a parent actually answer this question, somebody who's had to deal with this. There are usually privileges uh, that children enjoy. Uh, many of them like to play video games or baseball or whatever it is that their thing is. Mm-hmm. Kids have a thing. Yep. Uh, it's playing with their little toys, the Transformers, or the My Little Ponies, or whatever it might be. Uh, whoever the, the aggressor is in that particular case, the parents can learn what it is that he doesn't want taken away and take those, take those things away from him. Look, if, if you hit your sister, then this is what's going to happen to you. And if, you know, if you continue to hit your sister, then we're going to take it to the next level, whatever that might be. But I don't think it should ever be hitting your child. I don't think that that solves any problems. And, I, and we've had people that have called in to tell us uh, what, how they handle their, their kids when they got out of control. And there are, there are creative ways to do this. Taking away privileges, not letting them eat dessert, you know, sit in the corner, uh, lock, you know, go into your room. You can't use your video game system. There are a variety of things that one can do that don't involve raising a hand or a paddle or a switch or something like that to your child. It's been Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can share your solutions with us tomorrow night. When You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. We'll see you tomorrow night at Free Talk Live.
You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.